Quality base here. The angle has landed. Worldview truth. This is Randy Osborne, and I am with Worldview Truth, and I have in the booth today Linda Bell, and she is with the Florida Right to Life, and um, we're going to come back up. I just talked to you about this, but we're going to talk again because now we're online. Um, I found out something about you that I didn't um, I knew you were a mayor in, the, in Florida. I did not know you were the mayor of Homestead. Yes. Tell me about that experience. Yes. I will. First, I was in Homestead government for a total of seven years. I was elected, no, eight years. I was elected in 2003 as vice mayor, and then I was elected in 2007 as their mayor, and then in 2010, I was elected as a Miami-Dade County commissioner. So I was in, in uh, Miami-Dade County politics for 10 years. Now, as a mayor, this is this is after this is before the great hurricane that took out Homestead. Is that right? After Andrew, was after. Andrew was 92, and I was elected in 2003. Wow! So 11 years post. But you know what's amazing was that there was still a ton of rebuilding and construction that was still going on, because it wiped out the entire city. No one had ever seen anything like it at that time. Wow! It was it was stunning. I saw pictures of it, and it looked like a. a a, a bomb had just 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 wiped out the entire entire city. But, uh, My father-in-law was in the Korean War, and as he was driving to Homestead to help us, he said he just cried. The, as soon as he hit certain areas from Kendall South, he said he just couldn't stop crying all the way down to try to find us in our house because it looked like the Korean War. Oh, wow. that's what he told me. It looked like a bomb went off. Wow. Well, tell us a little about how you got involved in in um, life. Sure. Um, well, number one, I got saved. Um, I'm a Jewish girl, Jewish woman, raised by a Jewish mom, but my dad's Italian. My dad was Italian. My I'm mom's I'm going to pause Jewish. you for just a moment. Look, do you see this wall to the right there? I certainly do. Do you, do you know the significance of that and, I do. and what it's about? I do. That's um, why it's very special, and I grabbed one of your pins. That's awesome. Yes. Awesome. Um, just just for the, the viewers, this wall is basically, people are signing prayers and encouragement to the, the to our Jewish friends, um, either in Israel or here in the United States, because there's a massive amount of anti-Semitism that's just starting to creep up in the United States. And so this organization, it's uh, Philos Action League, they're, they're here to, to try to get awareness, first of all, of what's going on there, and, and obviously to, to support. It's a Christian organization to support our Jewish friends, because a lot of times Christians um, they don't get involved in things that they need to in fighting those kind of efforts. So anyway, that's get, right. Getting good. back to your story. No, that's good. Thank you for that. So, so anyway, I got saved, and in the Summies have gone church, and I had a friend, my neighbor, who was Episcopalian. She, I know this is so funny. She invited me to her, to her Noel group, which is National Organization of Episcopalians for Life. I went to her meeting. I said, "Sure, I'll go with you." Went to her meeting. And there was uh, flyers and pamphlets that were kind of nicely stacked up. And I just took a bunch of them and went home and read them. Um, I was never pro-choice again. That was it. Wow. That was a defining. Once you know that you've been lied to, you can't, you can't look back. So fast forward, I started, you know, getting involved. I started listening to life issues and what was going on. Found out that there was a busload of people leaving a church somewhere in Miami because I lived in Homestead heading to the Capitol for a rally for Bob Martinez who was doing a special session on life and so I just drove my car there jumped on this bus 
didn't know one person on this bus and said, I'm here to go on that bus to go to Tallahassee. And they're like, okay. I'm like, I'm Linda Bell and I'm, I'm coming on your bus. (laughs) So then I found out about a Miami Right to Life group. And then I started a Homestead Right to Life group and kept that for a very, very long time. And then uh, that was pre her after Hurricane Andrew, it was really hard to, to maintain any kind of pro-life group. But we started that. I just started getting involved, ended up with Florida Right to Life, ended up serving positions. Some years later, I got elected to be the delegate from the state of Florida to the National Right to Life Board. Fast forward, I'm the chairman of the board of National Right to Life for many years now. They elected me, and I've been re-elected every two years since. And I'm the, I'm the president of Florida Right to Life, and I'm still the delegate from the state of Florida to the national board. And awesome. in Florida Right to Life, I do all of our lobbying in Tallahassee, uh, analyzing of bills. We also have attorneys on our board that analyze all the legislation. And they give me talking points. And I also take a deep dive into all of the legislation that could affect us, euthanasia, abortion, infanticide. There's a lot anything of- Anything that's related to anything life. Anything related to life, so- and that's and just about everything. <laughs> that is so much. Yeah, we had a, um, off topic real quickly, we had a legislator, um, the minority leader, um, Senate Minority Leader Lauren Book, who is rapidly, rapidly pro-abortion, and she can't stand any talk about any limitations, but she had a wonderful bill this year that would um, protect dogs and they would have to be restrained in a car. You couldn't have a window down where the dog would stick their head out the window because God forbid the dog would get hurt and you couldn't have a dog in a truck. Like, Tell all the hunters in, in West, Northwest Florida they can't have a dog in the back of their truck. There's gonna be, there's gonna be riots in the street, right? But, but anyway, she's this adamantly is, yes. pro-death. This is how detached. Wow. They're against, now, I, I haven't, Asked her, but she's probably against the death penalty for for you know convicted sure. murderers. But she's okay with killing babies. I don't understand that, it's but unreal. that's what we deal with on a daily basis. That's unreal. So, tell us, explain to to the viewers about the overturning of Roe v. Wade because, and, and honestly, on both sides of the issue, <laughs> think that the when Roe v. Wade was overturned, that it immediately caused. Um, abortions to be illegal across the nation. Exactly. And explain to the viewers exactly what happened and in, in the significance of, of the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, it was, first of all, it was a wonderful victory because it was a recognition that the, the entire decision was erroneously decided. It was just a political decision. It was not a constitutional decision. That's number one. Number two is it just simply returned the decision-making to the states. And the Supreme Court said, those that ruled in the majority, said that the Constitution is actually silent on abortion. And when the Constitution is silent on a particular issue, then that decision-making ability should be returned to the individual states, which is exactly what happened. But the left seized upon it immediately to win elections and to raise money. They said they're trying to, um, they will outlaw all your abortions, they won't treat you if you have a miscarriage, ectopic pregnancy, they went on the lying crusade. And so we, we were battling that. And then you did have people on our side, the people on the right, that immediately thought that all abortions were gonna be illegal. And we had to do much house cleaning, if you will, on these right. issues. So we were getting misinformation from both the left and the right. Devious was the information coming from the left. And it was a huge money, money uh, making issue for them and fundraising issue. And so we've been able to dispel a lot of those myths. And actually, we were doing a great job 
dispelling those myths, putting out papers, talking points. This is, you know, what does right. a post-op society mean? And then right before the midterm elections, you had one particular senator that tried to propose a nationwide ban on abortion, and it cost us the Senate. Right. Yeah. You I'm remember familiar. that well? Yeah. I do. So this clears up, I hope this clears up a lot for your yeah. listening audience. But tell me what happened or what's happening in Florida um, and what has happened in the past even couple years. Because sure. I know there's been a lot of lot of effort, a lot of work that's being done on, on trying to stop abortion. Yes. You know, credit goes to many organizations. Just three short years ago in Florida, you could have an abortion at 24, 24 weeks, right. up to 24 weeks. Right. Then last year we passed the 15-week bill. I was right, right standing next to the governor again when he signed the bill and the, and the bill sponsors. Very, very proud of that. We signed the 15-week bill. That was immediately um, challenged in court. They tried to enjoin it. And so what the court did is the court accepted the challenge, but they did not enjoin the bill. So in other words, we currently have a 15-week bill in Florida in, in law, for all essential right, purposes, right. in law, while it's being challenged. Then this year, we passed the six-week bill, which is huge, basically called the heartbeat bill. So we passed the bill. So it's so, it's so exciting because this really, really angered the left because they know what this means in the state of Florida. So we passed that. Because of the, the challenge of the 15-week bill, the six weeks bill is a trigger bill. So as soon as the 15-week bill is heard in the Florida Supreme Court, and it will be heard and it will be upheld, it's, it's a very good court. It's a court that really understands the, con the constitutionality of the bill. We're now in a post-row society. So our 15-week bill will be upheld probably later this summer or early into law, and six weeks is automatically law. Right. And so you. our abortion numbers will plummet in Florida because the states surrounding us have, you know, a stricter stricter laws than the 15 weeks, and so we've unfortunately have people coming over here from Alabama, Georgia because they have some of them have stricter abortion laws than we do so right. that will take care of that problem as well so there there are people this is just my perspective there's a lot of conservatives a lot of Christians that are pro-life um, how we get there is another is another uh, discussion and I see a lot of times that pro-life groups do not work together um, in fact, sometimes they work against each other um, on, on different issues. What can we do to get all these groups together on working on the same objective? I think, I think the objective is all, is all pure, um, and that's to, to stop abortions. But I think that there's different philosophies on how people get there. Sure, sure. We have, um, it's really been interesting to watch this because we have certain groups, I'm just going to be blunt about it, that nothing, no legislation is ever good enough. It's never good enough. And, you, and I cringe when they, go to the, when they go to the lectern while I'm sitting there to speak on behalf of the six-week bill, the heartbeat bill, to support it. And you have them say that they reluctantly support it because there should be zero abortions allowed in Florida. And I hear and I just cringe because 
they're actually scolding the very pro-life leaders who are sponsoring this legislation, putting their necks out there, putting themselves on the line to save babies, and it's never good enough. They so can we, feel that way is what you're saying, but they sh definitely shouldn't be, yeah. shouldn't be doing that. Listen, Randy, in a perfect world, in a perfect society, there would be zero abortion, except for the rare cases of, of life of the mother. Okay, that's the perfect world. The last time I checked, we have a pretty flawed world and a pretty flawed society. This is not a perfect world. So this is incrementalism at its best. This is how incrementalism is supposed to work. The left sure understands that, don't they? They've been, they've been working incrementally against the family and against traditional family values for years, and they've been winning the war based on incrementalism. Right. They get it. So we use incrementalism to save lives. When you've gone, we also have parental consent. I was sitting there also to speak on behalf of parental consent just a couple years ago, three years ago, and I had so-called pro-lifers stand up and parental consent for abortion because it's still allowed abortion. You see that mentality? Right. Parental, when parents are put in the equation, abortion numbers will go down. So you, you see the battle. I so it's not that we can't work together, it's that philosophically we might just disagree on the methodology. The outcome we agree probably very similar right but also I don't like it when these other groups attack like a Florida right to life has been attacked by these other groups we've been attacked now can you imagine Florida right to life has been here since 1971 we're the state's oldest and largest single issue organization all we do is life right Ray you know we, we do life for um, you know when you're talking about infanticide euthanasia Abortion. There's so many life issues that we're fighting on the battlefield. We fight euthanasia in all the time. People yeah, no, don't know that. I know. It's a big no. battle. We fight. We fought POLST, Pulsed, and we fought expansion of hospice. We fought uh, un, uh, no notification for opioids of our elderly, um, those who are sick. We saw this with COVID. Right. Let's be right. blunt. We saw it with COVID where you weren't allowed to come check on your loved one. You weren't allowed to see what was happening. Suddenly a healthy young woman or man is being vented and then they're septic and then they're, they're dying without. I mean, we saw this, it was unbelievable for ends. I wish, I wish we could all just close up shop and go home and say, we're done, but we're never done. We're never done. Even if, I don't think people realize this either. Even if abortion was completely illegal across the United States, there would still be battles. Of course. I mean, there'd still be battles. E even in this bill that just uh, the, the six week, if that's true, then then we need to tighten that up or we need to, you know, call out doctors that may be uh, doing stuff like that. Absolutely. And, and if that happens and it's reported, those doctors will be held accountable. I just want to make it very clear. We do not believe that women or girls should ever be penalized or ever be punished. This bill has some protections built in it right. that supposedly will thwart this. But if there's a will, there's a way. And so right. eventually what's going to happen, let's just say they do go po beyond the six weeks and it's not with, it, with the, any of the reported exceptions and they go beyond it. Something's going to happen. It invariably does. Look at all of the um, ambulances that are called to abortion clinics. I mean, you, I get all the reports on ambulance after ambulance being called to different clinics. Ruptured... Um, you know, they rupture the uterus, they, you know, perforated the uterus, just different things. And we're going to find out 
when there's a deep dig, yeah. if ACA does its job and people do their job, and I believe they will, we're going to find out, oh my gosh, this, this person was 12 weeks. Right. How is that possible? Right. And so by the time they go to the emergency room, now they've kind of gotten clever. Some of them are bypassing the, the um, public medic system and calling private ambulances, but still they have to go to a hospital. Right. So right. there is going to be, there will be ability, and if they get away with it for a while, they won't get away with it for long. Awesome. What is the, in closing, what is, what is something that you want the public to know about um, your efforts, Florida Right to Life? What, Flor do, you, what do you want to know? Or what, what do you want the public to know? I want the public to know that Florida Right to Life, being the state's oldest pro-life single issue group, is not going anywhere. And we are here to fight. We're rolling up our sleeves. But I also want to say we are in for a battle. Yeah. We're in for the battle of our lives. Florida Right to Life's next project, actually, as we speak, is fighting the ACLU and Planned Parenthood to bring a constitutional amendment to Florida's constitution to basically guarantee abortion on demand for any time, any, any place. So we'll be fighting that, and I believe a lot of the organizations, the other multi-issue organizations, and I will be, dry, will be um, basically combining our forces and our funds to fight that. this. We will be fighting them tooth and nail because they're just trying to undermine and undo what the will of the voters and the will of the people is in Florida. Gotcha. Sounds great. All right. Linda Bell, Florida Right to Life. Thank you and God bless you for everything you're doing. Thank you. God bless you. Worldview Truth.